Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash acast. Stone schoolgirl is ridiculous. Right, right. Honestly, save, save, for the, save for the pod. Hello, Egg Chasers. This is the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. I'm back with you from the rugby dungeon to digest another amazing week of rugby and weekend of European Champions Cup rugby as we build towards the quarterfinals. I'm Tim, that's JB. Hello, Timothy. Look at my smile. And, and I lo- this is the most rugbyest time of the year, and that's Phil. Hello, Tim. Phil, um, there's one thing I want to bring up. One other, one other item in the rugby dungeon, not the rugby shirts, not the microphones, not the new gadget, although I'm sure JB would love to wax lyrical about that. <laughs> oh, would I? But you see that over on the table? Uh, that brass, shiny brass thing over there. Oh, my trumpet? Yes. Yeah. You, JB, you're learning the trumpet, right? I am learning the trumpet, that's correct. That is that your New Year's resolution? Is to... Well, having mastered all other aspects of my life, <laughs> uh, I thought I need something else, so I bought a trumpet. I'm going to lay down a, a challenge to you. Before the end of the season... That's a, this uh, is a big ask. This um, is a big ask. You've got to play... No, in fact, maybe we the should do a shorter time scale than this. However, you've got to play a live pod intro... Do the podcast theme tune nice. on that trumpet. Do you know what our I like theme it. tune is called? Uh, Bad Brass Band. No, well, that's what I Google when I try and <laughs> look for a replacement. It's actually called the Washington Post March. Okay. Yeah. Because it's played in Back to the Future, isn't it? It yes, is. It is. It's in played the... by US military bands. Back to the, is it Back to the Future? Part? No, no, it's Back to the Future, the original one where he goes back in time. Yes. Because uh, it's one or two. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> you're right. It is played in Back to the Future. So, could you learn the Washington March and play it as a live pod intro? Almost certainly not anytime soon. <laughs> well, no, no. <laughs> but I'll give it a go. I'll definitely give it a go. Well, sh- hey, well, hey, it's pre-recorded. It's not like I've got to do it in a live show. <laughs> <laughs> Next live show. <laughs> yeah. Well, should we see how you get on? You've got how about the the end of the month? You've got the end of the month. You've got to give it a crack. No way. Far, far. It's okay. okay. It's taken me a long time just to play C over and over again. So consistency, yeah, consistency. All right, well, so, by, the, by the end of the season, I, I, yeah. I'll, I'll give it a go. I'm sure, I'm sure I can wrestle up something. I'm pretty right. naturally talented. The prem, the prem, and the Pro Twelve or Pro Fourteen Finals Special Pod. Let's aim for then. Yes, I'll give it a go. Love it. I'll tell my teacher Joe when he comes over on Wednesday. Mm, okay, go. we will be talking on this podcast about, uh, in no particular order, Eddie Jones's England squad, which is being announced this Thursday. An RFU report into injuries, 
that they released last week. And, of course, the European Champions Cup round five, which we've just seen. I also have prepared a rugby social. Yes. You can find us, you know where to find us, at Rugby Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all the rest of it, YouTube, and, um, yeah, follow, tell your mates, and all the rest of it. Um, right, I, I don't know Tim, why. Are you struggling a bit? Are yeah, it's been a long weekend. Where have you been? Tell me where you've been. I've been in, all, in Belfast. No, 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 in Dublin. Dublin. Oh, in Dublin, sorry. Dublin, Glasgow. Dub- right, okay. And I've just, I've landed back in Manchester, got a taxi home, put the kids to bed, Come straight here. We see put Look. the kids to bed. Is it? Get to bed. Get, get to bed. bed. <laughs> Open the front door. Shouted. Get to bed. Shut the door. <laughs> and came here. Right. What a what a pro. Yeah. All right. I tell you what. This is, here's how we'll we'll launch into the European Champions Cup round five. We will have a look at who we think is going to qualify and who the quarter finalists might be. And in doing so, we will touch upon the games that we've watched this weekend. Perfect. Yes. Why not? So, uh, up at the top, Saracens are going to be seeded number one. Are they? Yeah. Not definitely, but they would have to lose to Glasgow and other people win. Yeah, so they're going to beat Glasgow at home. Mm. They're going to beat Glasgow at home, so therefore they're going to be seeded number one, uh, which is a bit of a bounce back because they were seeded eight, eight last they year. only just snuck yeah, in they by did. the they skin really of their squeezed through. After getting hammered by Clermont twice. Mm. That's a weird season for them, that, actually. Weird season for Saracens. Weird season for Clermont last year. To go from being the best team in the group stages to not even qualifying. Yeah. Oh, did you watch the Claremont game? I saw a little bit. Oh my of it. word! Defense optional. Yeah, Thirteen tries was it? Crikey! <laughs> it was uh, quite something. And Northampton, in fairness to them, uh, young lads all over the, all over the show. Uh, Digwall played again. Good fancy rugby pick up that one. And uh, <laughs> two and the two young halfbacks, whoever they are. So qualify for the Champions Cup next season and then we can talk about you much more. Exactly yes. right, exactly Which right. Claremont will do. Be better, Claremont Northampton will Northampton will go. Yeah. Well, Claremont yeah. seems to be running away, well, not quite running away with the top 14, but they're doing very well in top 14. They are. They are. So. So, so Saracens <laughs> are going to take that top seed position, we think, by beating Glasgow at home next week. Glasgow on the flip side, who got the full five points in a... Well, it was, it was far from a perfect performance. It was just a workmanlike performance. They got the job done, but not in not very good fashion... Glasgow are in a bit of a in a bit of a tussle towards the bottom, which we'll get to because Racing are going to qualify second. Yes, they're at home against uh, Scarlet. Scarlet. It'll be yeah. yeah. Now that's a disappointing pool. I mean, it's, uh, Is it's it great really. Monster. I was going to say like okay. the, depends depends which hat you're wearing. If you're wearing an Ulster hat, it's been very good so far. Well, it's kind of like sort of like a Pro 14 league as in only half the league is any good Scarlet's <laughs> um, Scarlet's who so you're right in terms of their performances this year Scarlet's and Leicester Scarlet's have been, have been awful they've been, both been very disappointing yeah I completely agree um, I mean Leicester and Leicester's get beaten by that amount as well by a not a good not a particularly good Scarlet's team well, it's just dis- the whole well, thing's disappointing the, the sheriff at number 8 man of the match try scorer <laughs> yeah that's true actually that is true. Do you reckon Ken Owens is going to be the next CJ Stander? <laughs> Maybe. His try celebration when he got up from that try was brilliant. Pure emotion bubbling out of, uh, of Ken Owens is great. Um, but, so, but Rassing, let's do Leone Nakarawa's offload. Oh, my word. Hang on. Nakarawa's off- offload. Or Bill Matters. Bill Matters offload. Oh, wow. Or, or Devoto's offload. Or, yeah, that's that another Devo- quality offload. Yeah, it's some... 
some serious skills. I, I reckon Bill Matters' offload might be one of the best offloads I've ever seen. It's up but, there. I think you you might be right, just because of the way that the thirteen hit that ball at absolutely full tilt. Yeah, it's if, incredible. If, if he was if he was going half hearted, he would have just been caught two yards later. Right. It would have been worthless. Let's stop this because we're all over the place. Okay, <laughs> we let's, are. Let's absolutely go right over. back. All right, okay, to a very very important one, which was Ulster over Racing and that group in particular. Well, well hold on. We there. So Racing are gonna Racing are gonna uh, finish second. Yeah, and. Second overall. Overall. Yeah. Leinster will be third seed overall. It looks like it. Because they've got a final game. They've got to go to Wasps. Wasps. And they're, they're probably, they will, they, will, they will get the win there. They will definitely win. They'll probably have a bonus point win there. Yes. yes. I'd be amazed if they don't. Yeah. yeah. And bearing in mind, they were missing James Lowe, Devon Toner. Johnny? Uh, Sexton. Johnny Sexton. Shawnee. Sean O'Brien. Sean O'Brien. Um, Dan Levy. Uh... I'm sure there's someone else as well. They're missing five, six. Oh, J- Jack, Jack McGrath. They, they were missing six or seven, maybe even more frontline first choice players. Jack uh, McGrath, international, not, not counting that. international Inter- players. Yeah. And then they brought in. Well, they still brought in international caliber. In they did in, in the like of Adam Byrne. He's got a cap and yeah, and guys like this. And they absolutely shredded to lose. Yeah, I was looking through the the team now. And yeah, I know you've mentioned players that weren't there, but it's still a bloody good team. Well, the, pretty much the whole team is capped. Yeah. As in the whole starting 15. Maybe is O'Loughlin capped? Yet, don't, don't think so. So virtually the whole of the starting 15 is capped. But you are missing eight or nine of who were, uh, who are regular internationals and starters for Leinster and to do that to what is a very very strong Toulouse team yeah. and yeah. who are tearing it up alongside Clement in the uh, pr- the top 14 yeah that is a hell of a performance it was a hell of a performance and now they've you know they've got Ross Byrne who they know he played in a in, I think it was the I can't remember which game it was last season but Johnny Sexton went off injured yeah really I know the one and, uh, and Ross Byrne brought it home but now he's played against Toulouse and just looked completely comfortable at yep. fly half, uh, it, it, and so how amazing for for Leinster and for Ireland because also Leinster's former f- fly half option Joey Carberry tearing it up for Munster. God, he was good. Jordy yep. Murphy looking amazing for Ulster. Ulster. Yeah, yeah. The Irish teams have got it together uh, in a substantial way. You, you could say, um, right? Definitely, f- four wins. So that's that's weekend. so that's the three top teams, but by a, by a distance, they're the three top teams. Now it gets very interesting. So, number four. Yeah. So, no, currently in fourth place is Edinburgh. Yeah. Edinburgh, who host Mont- Montpellier. Mm. And Montpellier, who had a phenomenal win against a, a weakened Newcastle team, but really kind of flexing their muscles. This is going to be a really interesting game. Friday night, this is a big way to start the weekend. Because either, either one of those can top the group. Of course, I'll be working uh, Newcastle Toulon, so feel free to tune in and watch that one as well. <laughs> well that'll be that'll be tough. Uh... A Newcastle at Toulon? No, no, Kingston Park. Park. Yeah, it's um, it is funny to think that um, Edinburgh are in this situation. I mean, I, I sort of thought. Well, I was actually a little bit disappointed with Edinburgh in the run up to this. The reason I was I disappointed was because I felt they were almost talking themselves out out of a win. All the noise before the game was, if we win away at Toulon, it will be one of the greatest uh, 
club vi- uh, uh, victories that this club has ever had. Now, that would be the case if this was the Edinburgh team of four or five years ago. And, the, think, and the Talon team of four or five years ago. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But this is a bloody good Edinburgh team. They should have The noises that that club should be making is, we're going there to win and we expect to win. But they, they still... So they are a very good team. Until this game, they still haven't done it on, that the, is true. on the biggest stage. That's, so this is still... They are... They're, the direction of travel, their progression is superb. And this is just another marker yeah. that this was better than their, their past. I tell you what, their style of rugby is superb. Oh, I mean, everyone will be talking about like Darcy Graham because he, by the way, is that is that guy Scottish? I mean, it sounds Scottish. Yeah. yeah. He, say, he yeah. must be Scottish, right? He is, I think he's been capped, hasn't he? He is sure, so, he must have been. so fast. Yeah. He's, a, he's absolutely electric. Um, but, you know, Despite watching the backs, who looked very, very good in the offloads, it's actually built on very good forward play. Yeah, and their their pack held up very well against what is um, an enormous, as you would uh, expect, an enormous, an enormous but lazy. Yeah, overwhelmingly lazy Toulon pack. Yeah, 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 and th- they've got their tactics absolutely spot on. They just stand Bill Matter back for any kick, yeah. and he just returns it oh with my interest. God, I mean. That try, the Johnson try that we referenced before with the, the matter offload. Yeah. That was just incredible. There are few players in the world that could have done what Matter did there. Or even yeah. think about doing it. Yeah. Imagine uh, imagine doing it. Yeah, dream dream about doing it. Yeah, I, I you know it's the sort of thing which would get you pulled off a rugby field at level eight throwing that offload. <laughs> <laughs> well, so Bastaro, who is JB, one of your favourite players. He is. I think he's one of the world's best 13s. So he, in the first half, he crashed up in the outside channel. Had he's two... also one of the, the world's best tight head props as well. He but is. Anyway, he anyway, is. Sorry, go on. He well, crashed it up. He crashed it up in the... Oh, took it. Took contact in the 13 channel. Uh, he had Peterson and someone else outside him. And he had two players clinging off on him, trying to bring him to deck. And he throws what was an audacious offload that just hit the deck and bubbles into bubbles into touch. And he then, I think this said a lot about that Toulon team, so he's <coughs> supposed to, it's him and Gerardo were kind of the two senior figureheads of this team. Yes, two, agreed. Two French players, one leading the back, one leading the forwards. And he stared at Peterson like it was Peterson's fault. And it was entirely Bastereau's fault. And I thought that's quite telling. Just that, that look that he gave him. I think Matthew, Matthew Bastro is incredibly important for this team because when he goes well, they go well. But it's kind of like chicken and egg situation because if you don't have the ball, Bastro is pretty much useless to everyone well, because uh, you can't defend with him for even 80 bef- minutes. Even before you get on the field, the, the most important person to Lom would be whatever person raises the standards through example or demanding more of your other teammates. And I don't think, as much as he's a leader, I don't think Bastro does that in the way that Johnny Wilkinson used to or... Um, what was the South African second row that was there? Backies. Backies Bota. Or Carl Heyman. Or Carl, uh, Carl Heyman's was supposed Danny to have done They were actually Matt demanding Gitto. that the players around them turned up to training on time, whereas the stories you hear about Talon is... Yeah, know, I mean... If, some, some people could just turn up and say, I don't, I'm not training today. If Matthew Bastro tells you to train harder, I guess it's, really, Matthew? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, you know, aren't we here because we're naturally talented? I mean, and that's pretty much... <laughs> and paid what, enormous amounts of money. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure that's how it goes there. But Edinburgh at home to Montpellier, starting the weekend, Friday night, is uh, absolutely massive. And it's it's winner-takes-all, really. Um, it, it could well be. I mean, and Edinburgh, 
even if they lose, stand a very good chance of qualifying um, in as one of the best runners up. If yeah, or if, even top if they get enough bonus points. But they, um, they could lose unfinished top. Yeah, theoretically. Yes, it, it would be difficult to do, but yeah. they could do it. Because you you would expect if Montpellier win, they are going to score a, a try bonus. Point one well. team that really want uh, Edinburgh to win is Glasgow. If if Edinburgh lose, it could be that Edinburgh still go through, but Glasgow drop out. Yeah, <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh. Depending on the on the two results, because they're both currently on nineteen points. Obviously, Edinburgh top their pool right now. So yeah. Glasgow second in their pool to Saris. Oh, Scotland now just basically a miniature island. Hmm. Interesting. Well, they should definitely be commended for what they've done. It's and, fantastic. And they do have a, 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 a selection policy, which means that I think you can't play any more than four games in a row without a week's full week's rest. Ah. Some, there's something like yeah. that. Interesting. I don't, so I don't know exactly what the, it is, but I think... Gregor Townsend, because he's... Obviously, yeah. he was at Glasgow. He's now in the more holistic Scotland rule. Yeah. But from what people... Well, from what I've read and what I've heard, he does have... So he's not interfering with Cockrell and Dave Rennie because those are two very, very experienced coaches, directors of rugby. But he is having that more holistic view. So I've not heard that the the four weeks on, one week off. I think that's but right. But that would be the kind of thing that if if I was running that rule, it's the kind of thing I'd want to try and put in place. Even if mm. it's not a, a hard and fast rule and there are exceptions to it if teams are having an industry crisis or whatever. But I like that. I don't know exactly what it is, but I think if you're a Scotland international squad member or in whatever group, Gregor Townsend chooses, then I think something along those lines is is the rule. But so that's very Irish in its approach. Yeah, it is. Although that's actually one rest every, in every five weeks is actually that's a pretty hard hard slog compared to <laughs> the island players. Yeah, which is one game every five weeks. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, the, well, the the other thing, see, so we we have seen a few players move from Glasgow to Edinburgh and Edinburgh to Glasgow to try and get combinations yeah, and, and, and ensure that players are playing. And also, it does seem a little bit more pragmatic than the Irish solution. And what I mean by that is, like, well, Irish don't need to be pragmatic. They've got the money. Um, sorry, what, what, are you... what are you rustling? Oh, I'm rustling a, a bit of uh, paper <laughs> I just found. So you've, got, you've, you've spent all this money on the best sound equipment that money can possibly buy, only to ruin the qual- sound quality by rustling papers. No, because you can hear that, 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 that rustle crystal clear. <laughs> did you, say, did you hear how, Chris, how, how much that interfered with the broadcast? It's test, <laughs> testament to the quality of the Exactly, equipment. the way the system processed that sound, enriched it, and then... <laughs> Threw it onto the, uh, onto the laptop. Very, very <laughs> nicely done indeed. I commend myself. Well done, JB. Thank you. So, yeah, that's an interesting point, the, yeah. the comparison between Scotland and Ireland. Because Scotland are like, you know, if, if you want to play in England, like Byron McGuigan does, or like... Um, mates. Great mates. Great mates. Chris Harris. Yeah. Um, Duncan like Weir. hockey's going to be doing next year. Yeah, so they are a little bit more pragmatic, but they try and get the guys back into the... Uh, either Edinburgh or the Glasgow team, whereas I think with Ireland, if you're outside of Ireland, that's pretty much it. You're done. And and they've they've followed the Irish model by getting in South Africans, naturalising them, and then putting them in their national team. <laughs> True. That's True. another way that they've been very, been very Irish. <laughs> well, I mean, in Byron Wiggins' case, uh, Namibian. Yeah. Didn't he have a grandparent though? No, his mother's Scottish. Well, there you go. That's fine. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. But um, what, what's what's the um, WP Nell? Good old Nelly. Yeah. Everyone does it. Yeah. Every, every team does it. Do, I like in, WP England, Nell. He's like the last of the tight head props. You say the last of the tight head Like, pro- he's there to prop. Oh, like, he's yeah. just a destructive <laughs> scrimmager. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure he does other things as well, yeah. but fundamentally... Since Adam Jones retired. Yeah, he's just like... Him. Scrimmage. 
he's like the lone flag bearer of. How does uh, how does Thomas Francis fit in that? Because he's not really a destructive. I'll scrimmager. tell you this about Thomas Francis. I have been gradually more and more impressed by what he does around the field, and well, less and less impressed by his choices in haircut. <laughs> yes, oh, I, that's I, I, like I, an it's inverse a, relationship. The Devon thing, and I'll tell you another guy as well. Last of the tighthead props is uh, Samson Lee. So maybe he's not last of the tighthead props. Yeah. Maybe those two are. But look, who who would be in that mould? Looking back, guys that just scrummaged, like Julian White is one that springs to mind. Yeah, well, yeah. Fight, no, because he also used to fight. fight yeah. Fighting scrimmage, but that, you know, that was a mandate, wasn't it? Yeah. Like, um, try to think. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> I've got a bit of a cough. Avian Lewis Roberts. It, <laughs> it would be difficult to make an argument about what else he was doing, <laughs> wouldn't it? <laughs> but yeah, now they can do everything. So you look at um, uh, Tad Byrne, like he can basically do absolutely everything. Can I just say one one of the most enjoyable bits of being in Dublin for Leinster against Toulouse. Is it correcting how we say Tadburn? Tigburn, yeah. Tigburn. Uh, it was, it's that. And also standing and watching Andrew Porter warm up. Why? His, his, his legs. His legs. <laughs> You've had a thing. Oh my God, his legs. Since you were up close and personal at the uh, Under-20s World Cup a few years ago. Do you remember who else I called out? I came back from that Under-20s World Cup in 2016 and said... Do we remember? A couple of names you need to look out for. Andrew Porter and Stockers. Stockers. And thank you very much, JV. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, well, Jordy Barrett, I think, was one of your other scouting. He was. On that. I mean, that's he was Bowden Barrett's little brother. That's, <laughs> so he's always going to be all right. All, yeah, come on. Going to be handy. Um, but yeah, Andrew Porter. And watching him warm up and exactly what you talk about, I could not believe when they were doing these little shuttle sprints. It's like he was rapid. Yeah, I, I tell you who is an enormous man when I saw him the other day. Uh, Tolafua for Saracens. Saw him in the change room. Like, oh my. Word. Oh, I was going to say in the shower. No, no, sorry, <laughs> just outside the changing room, I should say. He is bloody massive. So an, another, an old school uh, tight head. A tight head's tight, tight head. You've got 100 plus caps Ooh, for Ireland. I've got some tight, tight jo- head news. John Hayes. John Hayes, mm, he wasn't great. Well, no, he, he, I mean, 100 plus caps, British and Irish Lion. He was, but he was a tight head. He was a scrummager. Yeah, it was. And, and not much else. Um, so, a tight head that might come to prominence soon. Six Nations, not been capped before. Not plays, in, plays in the Premiership. Going to maybe be called up to Wales. Who am I talking about? Say again. Tight head. Yeah. Premiership might be called up to Wales. In fact, I think he will be called up to Wales for Coop, the Six Nations. Coopoli. Incorrect. Hold on. Has he already played for They're not trying no. to pinch. Oh, no, he's a loose head. I was going to say Boise. Boise. It, um, oh, actually, he does have some Welsh links, doesn't he? Does he? I think he might. I've, I don't know why. I, I don't know. I, th- the, oh, I don't know. Well, there's another guy who oh. does have Welsh links. One of the sale boys. Greg Bateman. That's not him. Okay. Will Griff John. Will Griff John. Well, and if, if he does, I think that's very well deserved. He's played well. Good. He has, he? he? Who, who had uh, 15 minutes for the first sale me- mention? <laughs> 22 minutes, 13 22 seconds. Minutes. <laughs> Ding. <laughs> All right, we better get talking about some more rugby then. So, um... Uh, where are we up to? Uh, like the Scottish teams, Edinburgh. Th- it, if they beat, so if they beat Montpellier, which I kind of think they will. Yeah, I think I they will. Know. So I don't this, know. Just this what... is going to be very, very close. I that Montpellier team seem to have. I mean, they've got their stars firing. They've got yeah. Houston. They've got Pinar. They've got um, Louis Pickamols. Good and, God! Uh, they've got Cruden if they need if they so need him. Immelman is the second top scorer yeah, on the he wing. He's good, right? He's he is good. Um, 
they are such an enormous pack. They've got the Duplessis brothers. They've got a whole host of other South Africans. Now, I think Edinburgh can handle them. And I can. I think they can handle them 90%, 90% of the time. So it's going to be close. But I've just got this feeling that Montpellier are going to sneak it. And Edinburgh probably will get a losing bonus point out of it, either try or, or losing, uh, and probably go through on that. But with Montpellier topping the group mm. rather than Edinburgh. Uh, meaning the and if that if that happened, that would mean the final qualification places are going to be fought out between Ulster, who go to Leicester Tigers, who got savaged by Scarlets. I think this is a much trickier game for Ulster than, than a lot of people are, are suggesting in the yes. messages that I've seen because Leicester at Welford Road, they haven't got to play a Premiership game for a month. Yes, they're going to go one hundred percent at this. That's exactly what I was thinking. Well, this is the problem with bad teams with good players. You don't know what you're going to get. You, know, you could get the performance that they put in against uh, Gloucester the, the other week, which is magnificent. And if George Ford has a great George Ford day, they're going to rack up points. You then need to match their points, and that's not easy. I'm just hoping George Ford gets rested for a week. I don't know but why. They're I, not going to rest him because you've got Premiership Cup and George Ford's not going to play for Leicester until after the Six Nations, potentially. Yeah, but that's exactly he's, why he's I think he's got a couple of niggles and he wants to be in his finest form for England. Just Yeah, and he runs the show there. I mean, if George Ford doesn't want to play... He's not going to play. But George Ford always wants to play. Because mm. he just loves rugby. I don't know. I wouldn't want to play this. <laughs> I love rugby. I wouldn't want to play it. They've worked so... It's, it's, so, it's quite weird, isn't it? Like You've worked so hard to get to the Champions Cup and then throwing in the towel. I just don't think it's... that. I don't think no. that's the style that Leicester will go. It's, it's not. They, Leicester will play. They've got nothing to lose. They'll play with some freedom. As long as so, I, I do think George Ford will be so important that if he's rested or or carrying a minor knock, uh, Ulster will win. If he plays, I think Leicester will win. And I, I the reason I say that so Ulster are missing a couple of players. Players like Hendo is so important. Yeah, he is. Um, and they played phenomenally well, but that was a really really physical and tough game that will take a lot out of them. And also. They will be thinking back to travelling to the Rico, only, only I don't know, 20, yeah. 30 miles from, from Leicester, travelling yeah. there in exactly the same fixture last year with Wasps, who were out of it, and Ulster just needed a win to guarantee going through. And they could have got through with bonus points. And they couldn't do either. They couldn't so, do either of those. I went to the pub last night. Yes. Um, and my, my dear friend Hannah was there. Hannah is the captain of the ladies' team at Talk H. What were you drinking? Uh, I just, I just had a pint. No Negroni. Oh, come no, on. God, no, not in the in the Crown. Uh, I mean, I, I really don't enjoy that. Part. But anyway, we were there. <laughs> we were there, and she is. Uh, I was going to say an Ulsterman. Oh yeah, she she she's from Ulster. Big Ulster. She's fan. pride. Proud. Soft, right? Soft yeah, exactly. Right, and this game and this whole group actually is just classic Ulster's season. It's actually going really well, but no one wants to admit it. <laughs> like, oh, I didn't think we were going to win today. Oh, we'll only lose next weekend. There's no point in winning this weekend. We'll just throw it away. Yeah, no. But what's the point in putting an amazing performance against Racing 92, the first team in Europe to beat them this season? What's the point? What's, what's the ne- point? Next week, we're going to lose to a terrible Leicester team. Exactly. I mean, I wish Ulster would do the reasonable thing and just stop losing so it's satisfying their fans. <laughs> it's like a craving for losing an Ulster. <laughs> Well, what, one thing that typified the Ulster performance was Mac Lowry. Oh, smashing Nakarawa. <laughs> Absolutely smashing Nakarawa. Yeah. Yes, boy. Going in ankle height like a little that terrier. That was awesome. Smashing him. Brilliant. So that, that was brilliant when he came on. 
The the two players. So Stockdale, I could talk for hours about Stockdale. Stockdale oh, was phenomenal. It was ridiculous. But two players who were so important. Missing someone like Henderson is massive. But having yeah. having Rory Best, who played amazingly well. Yeah, it was a phenomenal performance. All all around the park, but in particular, slowing the ball down and stealing at the breakdown, and Kurtzia. Oh, Kurtzia yes. was a giant. They've waited all this time, and he, he could be off at the end of the season. They need to try and keep him. Really? Yeah. yeah. I'd, I'd let him go. He's out. Well, so I was I was thinking about this. I was watching the game, uh, doing a bit of housework at the time, and I was thinking, would I keep Kurtzia? Because it was mentioned in comms, and I th- I would but not on the same money that he's been paid. I'd offer him a one-year deal on a slightly reduced rate. Yeah, agreed. And if he if he wants it, yeah, brilliant, amazing. But you you couldn't offer him a longer deal in case his knee goes against you. Two knee reconstructions. He looks like he's back to his best, but you are you're one game away. From I hate that. I hate that when it. players get back to their best just in time to negotiate new contracts. contracts. <laughs> <laughs> it's like so, Tom so Croft. Tom Croft of the Lions tour. Exactly. So cynical. <laughs> Uh, no, I'd let him go because I think the most important thing is you get game time out, out, uh, out of these lads. I mean, you've had... If you're paying that much money. Yeah. yeah. But him, you've got uh, the Daisel guy. Yeah, who's uh, retired. John Daisel. Can we talk about um, Can we talk about Will Addison, who was great again? Again? Near, uh, did just oh. sh- nearly shitting the bed. Oh. Nearly, but didn't. So he took... Because oh. before the final moment of the match he took responsibility for all of the out of hand kicking with about 20 minutes to go when so Billy Burns Billy went Burns off. went off he'd been kicking in the first half because Billy yeah. Burns took a knock and then he was doing all the kicking after he was doing that. all the kicking and he was doing a dreadful job like he suddenly forgot how to kick he was missing well, touch with all his pens so Billy so Burns wind, or Will Addison Will Addison, Will Addison. Mm. The, the the wind Looked yeah, it must be very windy. <laughs> it, it did look horrendous in his defence, but yeah, oh, no, totally. he made he made a, a couple of howlers that just when there was loads of pressure building from Racing, yeah, exactly, more and more pressure, and Ulster were getting more and more tired. Yeah, and you could see like they left Rory Best on as long as they could, but they, they probably should have taken him off five five minutes early. They probably should have made more change in the front row earlier because those boys were absolutely out on their feet, and a couple of those missed kicks from Addison, missed touch and. When you've worked so hard to win a penalty, so you expect to be 40 yards downfield, and actually you're 20 yards downfield, and the opposition has still got the ball. Yeah. Let's just give him woman the ball with 30 metres of space in front of him. No, so he did that, and then the final, it could have gone so badly wrong. It would have been peak Ulster. Had Addison with a kick... I mean, you've got... It's what the fans would have wanted. You've got... (laughs) You've got 90 seconds left... In the match, yeah, no, it was, it was, it was less, less than, than that. It was less than a minute. There was less, less than a minute on the clock when the penalty was yeah. awarded. You, so you've got a full minute to take the shot. It was it was the quickest like lining up a kick. Even if even kickers who are like quick, we we need to score again, so we better get this through. <laughs> even they take longer than Addison did. Well, um, <laughs> like sevens were taking from the other side of the post. Yeah. Chesling Colby's drop goal for the last play of the game in Dublin took longer than that, um, and so. We, he he slotted it with four seconds left oh on the clock, word. which meant there was time for the restart. Now, fortunately, Dan McFarlane's face was oh. a picture right then. There was like it went to the crowd, and there's people like fans who know what what's are going you on, doing head in their hands. Fortunately, because the wind was so strong, Racing tried to do like a very yeah. short kick, but it just got taken an extra ten meters. They couldn't get under it. It fell to Will Addison, who finished the job. Yeah. Oh, but. You, 
as an Ulster fan, you've got to have these bits of nerve, Jay. You've got to, it's got to be close and yeah, exactly. You wouldn't want to. No one would have liked to beat Racing Metro. No by, one wants by to be 40 Leinster. Points. Exactly. Boring Leinster. Smug, Boring Southern, Southern Irish. Yeah. Ugh. Well, congratulations. Uh, your uh, despair can be put off for one more week. Yes. And yeah, but then it's going to be tight because uh, Glasgow aren't going to get any change out of Saracens. So I, th- I, I think th- they might, you know. You reckon? What do you so, think? You're going to get bonus points. They're not, they're not going to win. The, I don't think they're going to win. I, I think Saracens might freshen up a couple of those England players. Glasgow are not playing well. They're no. not. No, they're you're not, right. You're I right. Three straight defeats and they were playing a really uh, much weakened Cardiff team. And, and almost blew it at the end, didn't they? Yeah, their back line is not fluent at all so I can't see Glasgow winning I no but I think Glasgow will get I think they'll get at least one point maybe two because I, I think I think Saracens will freshen up a couple of players um, just just thinking about uh, probably some of the, like someone like Mako who's played so much rugby and, played, and been so important but it's Premiership Cup for the next three weeks so. yeah but it's England it's, yeah, um, it's England stuff I mean, it's Six Nations oh, they don't care about England in three weeks this is the point this is not this is club, club v country they got one those England players have got one week off yeah so someone like Mako billionaire told you who've had a rest anyway maybe even someone like Farrell who's played a lot of rugby recently nah. he's had to they're going to flog we'll him see. they're going to flog him yeah no they don't have Brad Barrett okay so because they don't have Brad Barrett, it's not like they're going to throw in Max Mallins. Like, they're going to have to play Farrell unless Brad Barrett comes back, in which case they probably could move Lazowski to 10. Lazowski will play good. He's going to have a rest for three weeks. <laughs> yeah, he's not playing for England. That's <laughs> yeah. for sure. <laughs> well, yeah, geez. We can talk, we'll talk about the England squad in a minute. So here's, here's my thought. I reckon the quarterfinals <laughs> are... I think the quarterfinals are going to be... Three of the matchups, I think, are going to be teams that are from the same pool currently. So I think... Glasgow are going to just squeak in and earn the right to play Saracens away again. <laughs> Repeat th- fixture. Yeah. What a reward. <laughs> I think I think Ulster will be seeded seventh and earn the right to play, play Rassing. Rassing again. Uh, go to the Thunderdome or whatever that place is called. Yep. Yeah. I think that um, Toulouse, Toulouse will get sixth seed and earn the right to go to Leinster again. And then we'll that will leave good. Munster in fourth against... Incorrect. Edinburgh. Edinburgh. Against Edinburgh. So everything was right except for that last one. I think Exeter will do them. So you think Exeter are going to go to yep. Tormund Park? Correct. It's going to be one of the great European performances. <sighs> no. it, it just is. It just is. As much as I love Exeter, that that monster performance on Friday night, we've not touched on it yet. No. That, maybe, w- that was maybe, phenomenal. Maybe we should now, though. Yeah. Yes. Let's do it. Uh, do you know, I actually thought these two teams were relatively similar, but with one big difference. Uh, Munster just wanted everything 10% more. I mean, they were just more energetic. Uh, every time there was a loose ball, Munster were around it. Every time there was a tackle, it wasn't just one Munster, Munsterman, it was two. They were, they were just better, they were physical, they were faster. But it, it, they just looked like, it looked like the difference in desire was, uh, you know, very, very clear to see. So I'll, I'll tell you one other big difference that really told was two key positions for Gloucester, they had very young and very inexperienced players rather than seasoned pros. And those two positions... Oh, yes, Tom Hudson. Hudson, yeah, which was remarkably yeah. well exploited by both Conor Murray and Joey Carberry. It was. Uh, the other one, Walker the Hooker. Who, yeah, he had a bad game. 
and he was put under a lot of pressure. I mean, two two players who you do not if you're under pressure in the line out, two players you do not want reading your ball and jumping against you are Ty Bird and uh, Peter Romani because yeah. they are two yeah. of the absolute and best. If I remember correctly, there was quite a lot of wind. He didn't seem to be getting it straight a lot. There, were, there was there was wind, but yeah. those two just did did a number on the poor lad. And they did a number on them around the park at breakdowns as well. They did, they did. But that, I mean, they were getting when they were getting lineup ball, they were getting scrappy ball. Yeah. When they were getting ball kicked to them, the, the Connor Murray box kick is so good because it's um, Healy. Austin Healy spoke about it in comms. It's the perfect kind of between 25 and 30 yards, but the perfect amount of hang time to allow all of the defensive line, the kick chase, to get right there. So you, as soon as you get that ball, there's three monster men absolutely smashing you. And mm. Hudson was under all kinds of pressure. And, I mean, Gloucester have got two amazing international caliber fullbacks in Woodward and Tom Marshall, mm. neither of them available. I think mm. if they had had those two and they had uh, a more experienced hooker, it might have been a slightly different game. Yeah. I, I still Result think, would not have changed. I still think Munster still would have got a bonus. Well, I, I, t- I tell you where the Colin Murray box kicking really helps. I mean, if you're a fullback, you're constantly trying to change, change the picture. So, you know, you want to be coming you know, shallow, if you like, to in order to tempt the fly half to kick it long because you know you're going to run long and then you know Lee Hoffman Penny does it wonderfully so he's always baiting someone to kick into space knowing where that space is so he can run into the space yeah but then when you've got multiple kicking options this becomes really really difficult because you don't know who you're baiting and when to bait and it it just is an absolute nightmare so Connor Murray is pulling the strings moving people left right and center you know dragging he's actually doing to the full to the fullback what the football fullback should, should be doing to him dragging him forward and then when they do play it out, the fullback tries to do something and Joey Carberry will kick it somewhere or Joey Carberry will attack the space because Hudson's not sure exactly what he's doing. And it's not Hudson's fault per se. They're just a very, very good team. Yeah. It's, they, they, they walk calmly but carry lots of big sticks. Loads of big sticks. <laughs> planks and trunks and all sorts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I, I thought Munster were absolutely sensational. We, we've Well, we've already named a few people. CJ Stander was brilliant. With some of his, his carries, Kilcoin, the loose head, carried really well, and those two centres, Scannell and Farrell, mm. they are brilliant. They are just so industrious, so hardworking, so strong and physical. The Scannell try was awesome. They're such a good team. Yeah, uh, who's the um, Jacko Tau? Someone, what's his name? The other guy, Taute, the centre. Yeah, apparently he's off to, to the Premiership next, next season. That's, that's, that's what the Prem needs is another uh, another expensive South African centre. Perfect, yeah. perfect. Yeah. Well, there there is so breaking away from this week's games just for a second because there's still more to talk about. There was a, a centre who signed this week. If you saw the news, North, the Northampton news? were in the market for a centre. Oh uh, yeah. What, what, oh, what's yeah. this boy like? I don't know anything about him really. Proctor, mm. um, decent but not amazing. Yeah, so, so kind of and, and that probably ends the the speculation that JJ might be going to Northampton. Yeah, probably. Maybe. Yeah, but uh, hang on. So is he like the Hurricanes' third best centre behind Orso and uh, Laumapi? Laumapi. Yes, that's probably fair to say. Mm. Um, and he was probably yeah fourth or fifth a few years ago when uh, Nonu and Comrade mm. were there. Cool. So get excited about that, Northampton fans. No, so he's a good, good, solid player. He's an all-black, is he not? Uh, he has got one cap. 
Uh, I think I think it's only one. Um, he, he can play wing. He can play fullback. He can play in the centre. He's a dangerous runner, as you'd expect. So he, by I'm, you, just sounds like you just described Harry Malinder. Yeah, <laughs> I bet he comes over and he's like the second best centre in the Premiership or something. It, to be honest, I mean, that's just sort it, of what happens. Has it? he grown his hair? <laughs> long, does he look like long recently. Does he look like a middle-aged woman? Or does he look like a llama? No, high and tight. Of course, he's high and tight. Of Slick. And tight. Um, I, so, to be honest, because that uh, that Hurricanes backline has so so many talented players. I mean, you can let go Smith, Nonu. You can let go um, Woodward, who left there. God, yeah. You can let go Julian Surveyor and still have one of the most dangerous. Uh, bat lines in the league so anyone who gets anywhere near that team is going to be good yeah and obviously Boydie knows agreed so, Boydie so, knows what he can get so the other so Munster against Exeter is another monstrous game winner takes all to a degree Exeter have to win by four league points so they can a five point bonus point win to a one point a losing bonus point for Munster or four points to zero points, and then X to go through on the head-to-head. Yeah, because it's head-to-head, and because they drew the first game, so they'd end up. If that happened, they'd end up level on points. But Exeter yeah. would go through. I can't see that happening though. Um, if that, happened, I, I could see that happening. It's so it's possible. I don't think it will happen. Mm. If that were to happen, uh, well, if that were to happen, then Munster. Just looking at the teams around them, Munster most likely would be out. No, no, they, they, there's only one team coming out of this pool. Yeah, yeah agreed. But I, I do think it's going to be Exeter. <sighs> I, I mean, the way they play today so as well. Even if Exeter win, I still, I, I could see Exeter sneaking a win, but I can't see them winning by four oh, league points, uh, pool points. So you, I, might be four to one or. I, mean, I think Exeter will win. I don't know how they're going to win because Exeter can win in so many ma- you know, different ways. Um, but that physical battering ram in Toman Park, I just I don't yeah. see it working. Uh, Edinburgh, sorry. I mean, look at how... Tygburn and Pete Romani over over those breakdowns, they're not going to get the change they get out of Cast at yeah, but, home. I mean, you would say, I mean, Cast is a bloody big pack. Saracens are a bloody big pack. And when they turn it on, and when they're at peak Exeter, they're very, very good. They so, are very good. I just cannot see it. And and also, they don't you know they turn down points for tries. If anyone's going to get a lot of tries, it's gonna it's gonna be these guys. I, yeah, I'm going to go with Exeter. I I could see them sneaking a win, but I don't think they're going to get enough points to finish top. Yeah, yeah. I and I think Munster will win. I, I'm yeah. I'm well, confident. if we knew the result, we wouldn't play the game. Absolutely. So, there you go. How about a little bit bit of a rugby social break? Yeah, why not? All right, we're gonna have to. Now we've got your new gizmo and gadget. We'll have to get some sound effects for Rugby Social. Uh, yes, I haven't loaded. What any sound yet. effects have you got? Just what are the ones that come uh, default on let's it? Have a look. So we've got rim shots. I don't know what that is. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh, that's oh, your good. I'm, I'm quite relieved. Okay, <laughs> I'm uh, quite relieved. That's what rim shot means. Uh, oh, and here's another one for your jokes, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> I can get you some better sound effects than these. Yeah, yeah. Got um, a trombone. Oh, 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 oh! Did you see? Neil Warnock on Twitter, uh, Twitter today, Tim, and the and the Twitter outrage. Uh, yeah, I, I don't understand why Neil Warnock's thoughts on Brexit is, See, we've got a, a, a thing. A, we've actually got Tim talking about Twitter sound effect. Why? Yeah, me talking about Twitter. There you go. A cesspit. <laughs> <laughs> Absolute cesspit. <laughs> uh, I wish I could come off it. I think I might. I might come off it. Like, um, it'd make my life easier. <laughs> I uh, <laughs> I uh, 
I, I was speaking to someone today. I'm gonna, not going to name them in case I didn't want. Anyway, it doesn't matter. They uh, they've come off Twitter in the week. Oh, who is they that? They delete it off their phone between Monday and Friday, and just tweet about rugby at weekends. Interesting. Oh, is, quite, quite is it Nick name. Mellons? Not, no, no comment. I bet it is because I've noticed his account has been quite been fairly quiet recently. You've been stalking Nick again. I I, I have I have. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So you're going to come off t- uh, come off Twitter, Tim? Uh, no, I kind of need it for my job, especially with like the the, the new Virgin Breakfast show starting soon with Chris Evans next Monday. Ooh. <laughs> and uh, if, if you're going to advertise on here, why do you need Twitter? Yeah, good point. Yeah. <laughs> good um, point. No, I wouldn't want to get rid of it. I really enjoy it. Yeah. I mean, but, but, but you you have to like again. That's that's the top trending thing today. I looked at it and it went Neil Warnock's thoughts on Brexit. It's like, who cares? Who, why, who cares? Why is that a thing? <laughs> I don't care about. His thoughts. I don't care about J.K. Rowling's thoughts. I don't care. Yeah, I don't care about, yeah, don't care Gary, about Lineker's Gary Lineker on Brexit. Who the, yeah. like, what are you doing? Yeah, I, I don't care about J.D. Weatherspoon's thoughts on Brexit. Oh no, no, but exactly. But the difference is, J.B. If they agree with what you already agree with, then you get to like trumpet that opinion. And then when they <laughs> when they disagree with what you think, you can say why Why are you talking about Brexit? Uh, well, actually, I said who is talking about Brexit? This rugby podcaster on Tuesday uh, on Five Live. Mm. I, I'm doing the reaction thing, do you know, like because all, they cannot find any other conservatives other in conservative. Manchester. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Are we not? Uh, you're not banned from the BBC after our comments last week. Let's not talk about that. Let's just keep away from that. <laughs> do for they now. want? A, if, okay. if they want a politically homeless, um, no, they don't. Kind of centrist, <laughs> centrist, uh, socially conservative. Uh, sorry, socially liberal, fiscally conservative floating voter but that doesn't really that doesn't fit any narrative for no, them, does it? And, uh, yeah i don't think they want to spend half an hour introducing you either <laughs> all right rugby social here we go okay uh, so i've been keeping an eye on social media and what some rugby players are up to and um yeah some of it it's quite quite interesting excellent first uh, exeter center sam hill yes w- was djing dressed up standard d- dressed up as who he was djing dressed up as Napoleon, okay. Lawrence of Arabia, or Henry VIII. Ooh, Phil, you can guess first. Ooh, so the first two are actually a little bit edgy. Yeah, Lawrence of Arabia. I'm just thinking he likes to get his kind of chest out. He's in, he's in good nick. Doesn't he wear like almost like Aladdin robes? Uh, yeah, Lawrence of Arabia. That's what I'm thinking. I so think you, I would you can, avoid you can that. Get your rig out at like, least. Look, you play for the Exeter Chiefs. Do you need to be doing any more cultural appropriation? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> so what are you saying? Uh, sorry, what was the first option? Napoleon. Napoleon. Lawrence Napoleon. of Arabia. Henry VIII. I'm going to go for D. He dressed up as James Haskell. <laughs> <laughs> Is incorrect. Uh, I think Henry VIII. You think correct. You get the point. Ooh. So is Sam Hill DJing on social media at... A regular occurrence. I, I've definitely seen him. Okay. Who else? Like, um, Cooper Vuna likes DJing. Haskell, uh, obviously. Haskell, obviously. I think there's a few of those extra Chiefs boys do. Yeah. Right, next. Joe Marler has a new toy, oh. which he was sharing a picture of on social media. Was it, and you get to guess first this time, JB, an electric scooter, a ride-on lawnmower, mm. or a mini dirt bike? I don't know. Ride on lawnmower. Phil. So, I'm pretty certain he does have a ride on lawnmower. No. But that wouldn't be a new toy. But uh, let's go for electric scooter. It's correct. Well done. 
It's one of those, like, not scooter as in moped, as in handle, oh, yeah, two, yeah, yeah, two yeah, wheels yeah. kids use, and, you, and he's you got... stand on it. He's got a little electric one. Yeah. That whizzes around. I think it's electric. It might even be petrol. Anyway, it's a, it's a scooter that works on a throttle. Anyway, uh, next, Henry Slade posted a video of his younger brother choking on what? Phil, you get to answer first on this. So Henry Slade's younger brother was choking, uh, and Henry Slade caught the video. Was he choking on some bacon fat, some dog hair, or a plastic penis? (laughs) Now, I know that uh, Henry Slade does have, I don't know what type of dog, a little brown dog that looks like a, a teddy bear kind of dog. It's going to be very, very hairy. So I'm going to go for dog hair. Okay. I would have gone with dog hair because that sounds like something which you'd choke on and be funny to film. Like, you wouldn't want to film him, like, swallowing a mussel shell or, you a know, whole grape. Yeah, yeah. So, like, you know, the, you know, the grape of death. You don't want to see that. Um, I know plastic penis. Uh, one of those little, like, hen, straw, like things. straw things. Yeah. yeah. It's correct. Yes, well it's. done. So, for some reason, there's, a, there's the video of Henry Slade's little brother. He, he was sort of like holding this key ring, which has a small plastic phallus on oh it. Oh my god! And he so, was, I think, jokingly okay. putting it towards his mouth, and then laughed or something and breathed in. And, <laughs> so and choked on it. Honest, honestly, I laughed and I just breathed in as I was laughing. <laughs> and that's on an X-ray in my chest. Um, uh, <laughs> So, Broughton Park went on tour to Isle of Man, and uh, we all get on the ferry, and we talk to the youth team lads with, uh, with us, two l- lovely lads got got involved, and one of them showed up, because I can't remember what like the fancy dress was, but there's some sort of fancy dress on the way there, but he had his tour hat on, but he got his tour hat, he basically stole it from his sister who'd just been on a Hindu. So he's got this hat, which he thinks is really funny. But he's got like loads of like plastic penises hanging down off it, and like shot glasses. Like, mate, that's just completely inappropriate for. <laughs> yeah, it looked it looked like a hen from a hen party. <laughs> uh, I've got a little bonus question as well, which isn't off social media. It's off of real life. Ooh, Ooh. real so, life. Yes. So today I spent a lovely afternoon uh, in the company of, among others, uh, Sam Warburton. Who? What? A, what a guy. He's what a lovely man. He, okay. He's one of the best analysts, I think. He's great. He's really, really. And good. I think John Barclay's brilliant as well. Yeah, agreed. And John Barclay was a, was a, was a, a Scotston as well. So and again, you had the breakdown didn't... pretty well covered. Then. Yeah, the breakdown <laughs> was sorted. And John Barclay as well, a, a lovely man. Now it was so cold that John Barclay borrowed a coat from Stuart Hogg to wear while he was doing his punditry. Not impressed by that. And then he found something in Stuart Hogg's coat pocket. <laughs> and Stuart po- Hogg obviously uh, really loves Christmas because, and here's the question, what was in Stuart Hogg's pocket? Was it three miniature hero sweets melted? Okay. Was it a Christmas cracker magic trick or a wishbone from the Christmas turkey? Hmm. Wishbone. Now, I think he would have broken the wishbone. So he kept it. He kept the lucky wishbone. Mm. Well, snapped it, though. Because sports stars in particular are very superstitious. That's true. Irrational superstition. Uh, I'm going to go for... Yeah, he looks like he enjoys a good feed, does Hoggy. I'm going to go for the miniature heroes. You're both wrong. Oh. It was the Christmas cracker magic trick, which he apparently had great pleasure in showing John Barkley how to do it. It was one of the ones where you, you have to try and get a ring off of a coil yeah, without 
and uh, and uh, and apparently specifically said to John Barkley, "Don't lose that." <laughs> well, I want it. So, wow. Hoggy, big fan of magic tricks. Nice. There you go. And, that and, was... and, and the podcast I hear. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, there you go. That was uh, that was rugby social. Well done, JB. Thank, thank you much. Well done. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry, and some well less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs. United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quite annoying now. I probably won't play with those. That's all right. We'll get some good ones loading on and then... Yeah. Uh... So, Eddie Jones' England squad is announced on Thursday. Yes. Probably not going to get any surprises, are we? No, it's going to be probably the wrong squad. They're going to play the wrong style. And uh, they're going to come fifth or fourth. So, no, no surprises for me. Who's no surprises? There's Mm. always been, like, one or two. Either they've been denoted as um, apprentice players, likes of Marcus Smith or Uh, Zach Mercer. Zach Mercer. Ted Hill. Lewis Boyce. Boyce. Yeah. Maunder. Yeah. Maunder, yeah. He went to... Cam Redpath. He went on tour. Cam Redpath, yeah. Yeah. So there's always been a couple. So it wouldn't surprise me one little bit if there was someone in there. But who it is... Alex Dombrant. I tell you what, you could do a lot worse than picking Dombrant and Ollie Thorley. I mean, those are two of the form players in the Premiership right now. Form, schmorm. <laughs> yeah, true. Premiership, schmemiership. True. <laughs> That's Eddie yeah. Jones' philosophy. All, all I'm saying, if you go for one of those two, I, I would I would fully Hill. understand it. Ted Hill, yeah, handy player. Ted Hill got a cap. Yeah. Which still, still, I'm not, I'm, I'm delighted for him as an individual. I um, think Ted Hill's a real deal. Oh no, I'm not. I'm, I'm not doubting he will be. He, as we've no, had I this conversation before, I'm not going to have it again. He has not earned an England cap that he has got, and fair play to him for getting it. And I don't begrudge him, and I'm delighted for him. Uh, but he did not earn that England cap over players that should have got an England cap. Mm. So yeah, one for the future. That's great, and he's in the under under twenty squad. But who's not in the England squad this Thursday? Would you like to see in? Not don't. We're not predicting what Eddie Jones will do because that's a futile exercise, well, really. But okay, so. Who would you have in? I mean, you know all my normal ones. Brad Cipri- Brad Barrett. Yeah. And Cipriani, Alex Good. Alex Good. I'll add another one to JB's I, squad. I'd, I would I would in. also add to this. I, I've, uh, I like to see that on Twitter, at Rugby Podcast, people have started referring to uh, it as, and I'm going to give the, net, the credit for this one, referring to it as Cocker's Law, where I ah, say nice. you, you can't just say who goes in. Oh, there you go. Alex Astbury. 
or Alex, yeah, Alex Asprey, thank you very much, at Rugby Podcast, he tweeted, saying he'd have Don Brandt in, and in keeping with Cocker's law, I'd drop Michael Rhodes. Yeah, yep. fine. Happy with that. Yeah, fine. Absolutely, I like right. that. So I'm going to add another one, and you think I'm insane, but I'm going to do it, because I'm allowed to. <laughs> you, you are allowed to do whatever you want. Correct, Phil. And you normally fine, do. Finally. Um, <laughs> I would add Rob Webber, and I would drop one of the other hookers. So there's only two hookers in the squad last time. i get rid of Jamie George on. Bye. Wow. See you later. <laughs> um, I mean, so Lions, starting Lions hooker. Yeah, that's him. If Rob Webber was playing for any other team, would you say the same? Uh, I think I would, actually. I've always liked Rob, Rob Webber. Um, and the reason being, like, if he wants a confrontational, nasty pack, not many people set their table quite as nastily as Rob Webber. And I just think if that's what he's looking for, there's no better man. His uh, his set piece is good. Uh, his throwing is good. Scrimmaging is good. I would def- I'd definitely have a look. Okay, interesting. Uh, mine, mine would be Mike Brown. I want it, I want him back in the England squad. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, you, you want someone with a bit of gnarliness, a bit of, like, passion. I feel like I'm Scott Quinnell. Passion! You're someone with pride! Let me get this right. So we basically want the same person, don't we? Except mine plays <laughs> hooker, yours plays fullback. Yeah. No, no, I want I want Mike Brown at fullback because I think he is England's best fullback and I'm not convinced by Elliot Daly. As much as, as much as there's the attacking what elements, about... yeah, I, th- I think the Six Nations could expose Elliot Daly. What about, defensively, what... we, were talking about, we were talking about exactly what Conor Murray did to Tom Hudson. Mm. Like, magnify that in terms of pressure and, and yeah. occasion. I think Mike Brown's he, he he's the man that will actually enable guys like Joe Thockenasinger or Elliot Daly or whoever's on the wings to actually do their thing as but, wingers. Well, that's what I was about to say. What do you think about Jack Knoll's performance today? And w- could he turn your head at fullback? I wouldn't have him at fullback for England unless he's played a lot there for Exeter. Yeah. Yeah. Again, they're exactly the same reason Tim and I would have Mike Brown in there. Interesting. Who would you get rid of then, Tim? Uh, I would get rid of Nathan Earl was in the last England squad, was. wasn't he? Just get, yeah, done, isn't it? Yeah, done. Bye. Uh, I probably would. I probably would go. So I, I like the Don Brandt for Michael Rhodes. I think that's. I think that's an upgrade. Uh, position for position. I'm not convinced it is actually. Don Brandt's been very good. He has been very good for a month, and yeah, I, you're I, right. I think you again the same reason for Ted Hill. That my same justification for Ted Hill. You you need to build up that body of work and earn it and. So yeah, Michael Rhodes, I could say yeah, I, I wouldn't have him in. I wouldn't necessarily pick Don Brandt as a result, although if it means he can't play for Wales, then I mean Don Brandt, <laughs> it might might be worth it. Don Brandt has Saxons written all over him for this Six Nations. If only, gone. Yeah, if only there was Saxons. Yeah, exactly. So um, Alex Lowe, no, Alex Shaw, yeah. did a good piece on uh, kind of bring back the Saxons and what the team would be. Problem with the Saxons though, no one to play. That well, is, yeah, that is well, one problem. There's that. And also, they get together for like one day before, run, run around in the park, and then throw on some England shirts. It's never going to be, you know, it'd have to be an England team, you know, actual members from the England team, if that makes sense, rather well, than just guys from the clubs. Or do it where you actually get them together for a, a longer period of time, and you run it like an England light. So you run the same, yeah. same, like moves, a lion, like, like a lions. Well, I'm more thinking you, you almost get understudies who work with the England main squad so Eddie Jones and uh, Borthwick and all the rest of them so they understand what moves what strategy England are going to be using so you, you might work with them for like one or two months almost shadowing them for one or two months in between the autumn and the Six Nations that's interesting and then drop down so they'll learn from the, the 
the kind of mean guys and then get the opportunity to uh, But isn't the whole point of out? only having two scrum halves in the squad or two hookers limited contact time? So you'd have like 15 guys shadowing, but they literally would no, be... No, I, I would just have the coaches shadowing. So I'd have the coaches... So coaches shadow in the autumn and then in between the autumn and the Six Nations. When it actually gets to the Six Nations, oh, you have sorry. two... Oh, sorry. So like Ali two, Heeper or whoever it is. Yeah, he put yeah. he put or someone sh- <coughs> shadows Eddie Jones, someone shadows Borthwick yeah. for a, a four-month period. And then during the Six Nations, they have two months and they run two completely separate. You have the elite squad and the Saxon, Saxon squad. I, I, I see. Yeah, I quite I like that. But okay. in order to do that, you've got to have teams to play against. Yeah. And there aren't any, right? Unless you played... Uh, tier two nations, potentially. Uh, no, because they've got their own tournament. Everyone's yeah. got, got stuff going on during Six Nations. This is true. Play, this is true. Like US and Canada playing that kind of because there is like an America's Cup competition. Yeah. If you could get into that competition, yeah, it's well, not happening, is it? Yeah. It's probably, you mean relaunching it's the Churchill not. Cup? God, I'd lo- I'd love to have been doing this podcast during the Churchill Cup days. Oh yeah. I mean, that would be the dream. Go out to Colorado for two weeks. Yeah. <sighs> Bring back the Churchill Cup. There we go. That's a campaign we can all get behind. Bring back the Churchill Cup. And we're thinking from if, of, of England and the growth of rugby and not in any way for some exactly right. incredible trips we can justify to our wives, our, <laughs> our legitimate business trips. <laughs> yeah, quite. Um, in terms of players, just yes. back to that. Yeah. So I do I, I do want to see Ollie Thorley in the squad. Maybe I'm maybe like uh, Don Brandt, I'm being a bit reactionary. Over Nathan L. Would that I, be your Because you've already dropped him for Mike Brown, so who, would, who else drops out? Or Chris Ashton. Interesting. Um, I, I'd be happy with either of those. I, 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 like, the, I like how bold you're being with that. Because um, few people would, would, would go fully over Ashton, but... What? Thor- no, 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 sorry. No, <laughs> no. He is playing... Uh, uh, as you said, it's what you want to do. You're allowed to do it. It's what okay. I want to do. I'm allowed to do it. Are you wrong? Um, um, I... Although, so there, there is one player who's definitely not playing who we do need. We need a kind of direct replacement who I think you know, we know who's going to be. But yeah. It creates another opportunity, and that Sam Underhill is obviously out. Yes. Which means most likely Tom Curry is going to step up, as he did in South Africa. And I want Rob Shaw in the squad as well. So is Rob Shaw going to be fit? Yeah. Uh, uh, good Cause, question. Because I was going to say a guy who's been playing very, very... I've, I've, didn't really used to like him. He's been playing very, very well. Let's guess who, let's guess who you're going to say. Often taking a different role. Often taking a different role. A different number on his back. Hmm. Who are you going to say? Who I think has earned a call-up. And I I mean, there was calls for him to play for England, say, three years Kvezic. ago. And I thought they were insane. Kvezic. Yeah. yeah, he's done well. I would not have had him a few years ago. Now, I think he, he could be a good option. You wouldn't be my first. Underhill and Curry would both be ahead of him, and and Rob Shaw. As would well. you look at him at eight? I think Sam. No. I think uh, I wouldn't have him in the squad. But again, he's got Saxons written all over him. But I think Sam Lewis has been brilliant for Worcester as well. Yes, is he? Has he got Welsh uh, heritage? I'm not not sure. Hope not. Although it doesn't matter. Wales don't need open sides because they don't need Thomas Young. Apparently, yeah, <laughs> yeah, amazing, isn't it? In fact, has he been capped yet, Thomas Young? Yeah, has he? Yeah. Happened. He got one cap on a oh, on a sneaky. summer tour. Yeah, sneaky. So Sam Lewis is. Uh, oh wait, am I looking at the wrong one? Yeah, plays for yeah Sam Lewis. Uh, he's twenty eight. Is he? Is he really? Because he's got sixty five appearances over a five year period for the Ospreys. 
Wow. I did not know that. That's, uh, how ignorant am I? I thought he had... It's some... my job to know more than that. <laughs> I, I thought I thought he was like 23. Didn't think he had some Welsh connection. Yeah. Well, there you go. He's playing very well anyway. He, he is well. He is playing well. Uh, so, so really, I'm, I'm just going Mike Brown and Infant Nathan Earl, and that's... And I want Rob Shaw back in. Mm, I could leave Rob Shaw now. I think when, when, when you come to the when it comes to the World Cup, I think I think I think Underhill might get left at home. He's going to miss the whole insane. Six Nations. He's going to miss the whole Six Nations. No, Underhill is just uh, he's, if he's if he's fit, he's, he's not going to play an international game before before the kind of friendlies, the friendlies well, pre World Cup. But he is he is the war troll, and I, I don't yes. I I would want him unleashed on anyone. Well, yes, that's true. However, the one thing he has got an incredible track record of is being injured. True. Yeah, he but seems to play up. He in, he seven consecutive himself. games. Seven consecutive games. Um, tough one, isn't it? I think. I mean, his performance against New Zealand in the autumn. Yeah. Was but God, I tell you what, you know, he is the difference between England losing all but one game in Six Nations and only winning uh, and only winning two. Because like his moment against Scott Williams, one of the greatest oh, yeah. tackles in Six Nations history. I mean, the lad is you know early uh, early twenties, fresh on the international scene, and every time he plays, it feels like he's making history. You know, that's how good he is. Yeah. So I take him just because he's so incredibly in- incredibly talented and influential. And you'd have Brad Barrett in. Yeah, I would hundred percent. Do you think Lazowski's going to get dropped? Don't know. I think if he does, it's really unfair. Lazowski. He's moved around for England. I know he trains at 10. They put him at 12. I can't remember him playing 12 for Saracens. He's a 13. Best position for him is 13 for England. Uh, and that's where he should be giving his, given his shot. If he does get dropped, I, I don't like it really. But it does sound like it because he wasn't involved to the Skype chat or the Rendezvous Hotel or wherever they were. <laughs> yeah. Last time. So I'll tell you someone who played really, really well this weekend. Yes. Well, I'll tell you a couple of players that played really well this weekend. And I'll tell you a reason that I think they played really well this weekend. Yes, please. So, uh, Henry Slade uh-huh. was brilliant, so steppy, and so so good at beating that first man. Now, someone mentioned this on Twitter. I can't remember who it is. But made a comparison between him and Chaslin Colby, which I thought was a brilliant comparison because one of the things that they talk about, about Cheslin Colby is the way he plays like Shane Williams, and in particular the work around the breakdown. So they pick up the ball and then the sniping, using the fast feet around the breakdown and Shane Williams used to do that brilliantly. Cheslin Colby did it. Cheslin Colby did it for his try. Yeah, Jordan Lamour did it. Yeah. And uh, of course, that try which uh, Noel scored was... Did did Noel score that try? Yeah, Noel scored it. Yeah. Noel picked up and went through. Phenomenal. Utterly phenomenal. So, back to Slade. Yeah. I don't, oh, sorry. I, I don't quite see where Slade fits in there. Sorry, he doesn't. I, I just had an absolute <laughs> meltdown. I thought you were talking about Noel. Sorry, you. sorry. My complete and utter apologies. Back sir. to Slade and his brother choking on a choking, plastic penis. Yes. <laughs> so Slade was really steppy at beating men for fun. And also uh, Alex Good was doing the same thing. Alex and, Good was ace. And I kind of... So good. So both of them, when I was looking at it and kind of watch one game after the other. So very easily able to draw the comparisons. The French defence in both cases, Cast and Leon, they were playing this really kind of soft defence, not pushing them up. So both players had the time to kind of pick their line, pick their defender, isolate one man, and then step and go. Yeah. Which is something that they don't get in the Premiership and definitely would not get 
if they're playing against, <coughs> well, certainly if they're playing against Leinster, Munster, they would not get any time. Mm. And actually, the in the Ulster game against Racing 92, certainly for the first two tries, the Racing backline's defence was very kind of sluggish and ponderous and gave Addison, McCloskey, Burns um, and uh, Balakoon and, and Stockers the time to do what they needed to do. Yeah. So it was interest I think it was an interesting comparison seeing not all French teams like that, but seeing there's three examples where the French teams have had a very kind of slow defence and it's ended up them well, the the attack's been able to exploit it. I, I wonder if that's the case of either they want the opposition to play their hand or play in front of them, which is, which is you know quite handy if you just have everyone doing the moves in front of you rather than trying to get through you. <clears> or <throat> it's just the idea that the French teams love the, love the contact so much that's basically what they're waiting for. They're waiting Went for that for big contact. runner. Well, yeah, it it might be that difference that you might get more kind of big runners, so you want to give them a little bit more time, and then you, they're easier to break uh, to bring down. Mm. But there was Ulster, Exeter, and Saracens, but in particular Slade and Good exploited that. Jump into uh, jump into Twitter. A lot of people saying Alex Dombrand. Interesting. <laughs> Thanks, JB. Uh And I was just Mike Brown being mentioned. Did you see him getting all te- tearful and choked up in his little team team meeting, doing a speech to the team after breaking the appearance I did, record? I, I, did, I did not see it. And Quinn's it was, uh, it was quite. It's quite sweet. Alex Good getting lots of mentions. Because he's amazing. I could go I could go for good. I would prefer Brown at fullback. Uh, I think I'd go with good, personally. Brad, Brad Barrett getting mentioned. Yeah, of course he should be. Joe Launchbury coming back in, yes. Launchers. Yeah, that'll happen. Mm. We'll see. Thursday. Yeah, so um apparently uh, Dave Atwood's on his way out of Bath. That's an interesting one. Jake Cooper Woolley is signed to sale. And really weird one, Matt Mullen has left Wasps. Yeah. So there's nothing more than he's left uh, him and Curtis Ambrose have both left by mutual consent. Yep. Curtis Ambrose, who I think I might be right in saying he didn't play a single premiership game. Well, where's he from? I don't even know New Zealand. New Zealand. Was he he played in like the NPC or whatever that tournament yeah, is might attend or well, Allegedly, um, Matt Mullen's not been there for quite a long time. It's not, you know, it's not like he was there on Monday and then didn't show up on Wednesday. He's not been there for weeks and weeks and weeks. So, so he's been recovering from an injury, hasn't he? Yeah, knee injury. Do you, now, think do you think it might be a salary cap thing? I don't know. I mean, I tell you what, I hope it's not an Alex Corbett Sierra thing, i.e., knee's gone. You know, have to step away from the game because I think on his day. Matt, Mel- Matt Mellon was a superb prop. And I think if he stayed fit throughout all these years, he'd be right up there with Mako and he'd be right up there with Marla. I don't know yeah. about contracts these days and I don't know about the circumstances around this particular injury, but I do know from um, my brother that his contract used to say something like, if you're, if you're injured and unavailable for six months consecutively, your contract can just be ripped up. Yeah, I'm pretty sure... There is a st- well. All Premiership contracts now are standardised. There yeah. isn't any going to the club and saying, "Hey, can I have this clause in my contract?" It's all it's all standard, except the uh, the uh, training ground not complete clause. Yeah, <laughs> actually, that's a good point. So maybe the the stand. I don't know if that one actually does exist or not. Yeah, yeah it is one. a hilarious idea though. Um, actually, I've just said something which I'm not too sure of because I wonder if that stand that contract is like a base standard. And you can sort of negotiate up. 
But the, the general point about if you're injured for too long, the club can just say, do one. Adios. Yeah. I, d- I don't know. Maybe they can. Maybe they can. I mean, like, I don't wasn't know. Matt Mullen club captain? I mean, that'd be pretty poor form if that was the case. Yeah. No, again, yeah, we, we don't know. I mean, you've got to, yeah, we don't know. You've got to assume, though, haven't you, that it was sort of mutual consent. Yeah. I've had enough of this injury. I can't. I've had know. enough of the injury. It could have been enough of the injury. It could have been a, you're going you're gonna to move on at the end of the season. You're probably not going to get fit. Do you want to just, like, have a severance and go and do your own thing now. Yeah, it might. It might have been happy. Who knows? We don't well, know yet. We don't know the ins and outs because there is no, in, no, detail. no, no detail from either side. Well, wish him all the best and I hope he comes back strong because I uh, think he's a bloody good player. Yeah, 100%. absolutely. Um, what was the other bit of? Oh, actually, do you mind if we discuss something else for a little while? Can do. So on Twitter, someone got in contact with me. I think he goes by the name of Cat. So thank you, Cats, for. Uh, uh, getting in touch with me, we had a, a lovely little tweet back and forth, a little conversation about has what uh, so, uh, some polite conversation on Twitter. <laughs> what <laughs> you, didn't, wasn't, wasn't the second message in this? Your first message in this, you are insane. Uh, yeah, or was it, it? Or was it? No, surely. How many tweets before someone said Nazi? <laughs> <laughs> what is that law called? There's a law for that. Yeah, everything descends until someone calls someone else a Nazi. Yes. <laughs> Which, ridiculously, in 2019, is about 30 seconds. Yeah, yeah. Whatever the conversation is. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, it, it was it was lovely. It was a, a lovely back and forth. Pro 12 is proving to be, Pro 14, is proving to be a better league than the Premiership because of the results in Europe. How say you two? Bollocks. There you go. It depends... How, how, it depends on your definition of the better league. Yeah. All right. So the more competitive league right now is the Premiership. The top teams in the, uh, which league has the better top teams right now, I think is Pro 14. Yeah. And there is another measure, which is what is more entertaining and enjoyable as a spectacle to consume. And uh, and then there are other metrics. Like, for example, we've had some brilliant games in the Pro 14 over the Christmas period where it's inter, inter-nation yeah. matchups. The Edinburgh v Glasgow doubleheader was brilliant. Yeah, exactly. And that's great. But then uh, seven people watching the Kings host Zeba, it doesn't <laughs> get much worse. Yeah, I, I think I've said this before. You have to draw a distinction between the best teams and the best league. 100%. Yeah. So if we had... The Crusaders, the Hurricanes, Leinster, and the Saracens all playing in the championship, that would not be the best league. It would be <laughs> the four best teams in the world playing in a bad league. Right? Yes. So that's the first thing. Uh, the other thing for me would be, um, I, I guess you could look at the Celtic Nations now and how they're doing internationally and say, God, the Pro 14 is really helping them along. And I think it is. I think... The way to look at the Pro 14 now is it helps international rugby and European rugby, whereas the Premiership directly competes with it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, and I think it's important to say that, yeah, at the top end, there's no doubt that the Pro 14 is producing the best teams. Saracens aside, there's no other English team would compete with the, with Leinster. No, but I'll tell you what. Even there, Exeter. There are some teams in the middle of the Pro 14 who would really struggle in the Premiership? I think Ulster would struggle because of their depth. I think Scarlets yep, that... would get panned every week. Uh, I Ulster think that... would struggle because of the depth. Yeah. I mean, if you've got Newcastle, put them in the Pro 14, 
where they didn't it doesn't really matter if they're going to go down or you know so it forth. They could put out a hell of a good team once every six weeks. All right, let's do a hypothetical for for an example. <coughs> Next year, we put Leinster in the in the Gallagher Premiership. They could win it. I think. I think they. I think they probably would win it. I think they probably would, even I, if they did the same selection well policy that they currently have. So, where if, Johnny Johnny Sexton plays yeah. uh, three Premiership games in a season or four, he's so, played. What's he played? Seven, seven or eight over the last two know. years. I mean, I think they are strong enough. Actually, I think they're the only team which are strong enough to do this. So, so I, I think they are. I think that they would, <clears throat> they wouldn't be as dominant in both Europe and the league. I, I think. Yeah, something would give. Yeah, something, Europe something or... has to. Or the island team. So let's say you keep yeah. every single other thing. It's the a same. great point. So something gives in that scenario. Something gives. Yeah, and so Saracens who won both the league and the the um, European Cup in the same year what was it three seasons ago I mean that is one hell of an achievement that is really really difficult to do yeah because the league is so competitive uh, and that was the time when England won the uh, Six Nations as well yeah. so that that is phenomenally difficult I think I think Leinster would be definitely top two probably if you dropped them in next year they'd probably win the the premiership yeah but they would something would give something would give so it would and 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 yes exactly i think you beautifully crystallized it yes leinster would win they are the best team have the best squad at what cost could they then battle as they do in europe and if they did that could they then battle in the six nations and in autumn internationals in the way that i would have much better question for you Go go on could leinster get under the salary cap (laughs) <laughs> not a chance. <laughs> I don't know. Not a chance. I don't know. Really? Okay. Right. I will right. Come those, on. those local boys. So no way, Phil. It's not you happening. Reckon? I, think, I, I don't know. Is the honest answer? If, no, if, I don't if know. you took, if you assumed players are on market rate, which a lot of them probably are, right. as you, as you, as you say, right. probably are. I'm going to yeah, name yeah. some players now. Okay, you tell me how much you would like to pay as player. Uh, Furlong. What's Ooh. he worth? Half, he's, half a he's, mil. He's one of the two marquee players. Yeah, if if I was to buy Furlong now to put him into if, if, take half him, a mil, take him to France, you'd be paying him at least half a million, probably more. Sean yeah. Cronin, uh, less so. Three two fifty. Yeah, three hundred. Kean Healy, uh, yeah. two at two fifty because he's on the way down, but two fifty three hundred. Okay, so would you say about a million for those three? Yeah, you're, you're probably... million for the front row. All right, so how much are you going to pay the, the second string back row now? Front, front row, <laughs> Jack McGrath. <laughs> Uh, oh yeah. god quite a lot yeah. quite a lot um, yeah and what about um, what about Johnny Sexton he must be worth a bit marquee player yeah you can marquee uh, him world, world player of the year him, him and Ty so I think him and Ty Furlong would be the two marquee players Gary Ringrose oh my word I mean these are a few Bob Rob, Robbie Henshaw but the, so this is so, Ro- Ross so, Byrne even so Andrew up. Porter, how much you guess? Uh, oh my word! Yeah, so yeah, Jack McGrath and Andrew Porter, your backup props. Jeez, yeah. I fully expect that these boys will be on slightly less than say if. Sar- oh no, they, we're, or... not, we're not guessing what they are yeah, paid. Yeah. We're saying if they went on the open market James now, Ryan, what would they, what much, would they get? How much are you paying the undefeated James Ryan? He's defeated now, but yeah, same as I told you. Same whatever Saracens are paying, I told you. Yeah, Scott Fordy, ex uh, ex Australia captain. A uh, bit less. He's like thirty six now. James Lowe, Jordan Lama. Llamas, yeah. Llamas, got to be on a few quid. Robbie, Cut, Rob Carney, um, yeah, Carney as well. O'Brien, Henshaw would be on a few. Yes. O'Brien, O'Brien doesn't play. Dan Levy, Josh Van der Fleer, Jack Conan, Reese Ruddock. Hey, uh, you know, don't. So, 
Ma- Max Deegan even would get a few quid. It would all get a few kids. This is an incredible squad. It is like a once in a generation yeah, squad. The so, squad is phenomenal. Yeah. If you put Best that out it. on the open market and didn't have the the big carrot of Ireland money dangling, if you stay within these shores, there's no way that gets anywhere near under the salary cap. Not yeah, a chance. Right. Right. No, Not a it. chance. If do. if it was yeah open market and they they can go and still play for Ireland, absolutely not. Which is testament to what an amazing job they've done. That's not. Yeah, this is yeah. not. This is not. Most, bas- this is not bashing Leinster. Not no, bashing the Pro no, no. Fourteen. This is it's an incredible job. How many yeah. of those are homegrown? Yeah, all of them. Virtually, Virtually Scott all of them. Fardy. Scott Fardy and James Lowe <laughs> aren't. Yeah. Other no. than that, and then there's a few like like John Cooney, like Jordy um, Murphy, like Joey Carberry, Joey Jordy Carberry. Murphy, uh, Ty Byrne. Yeah, Leinster Academy. That. Yeah, it's the players they don't have, which uh, which which tell you how impressive they are. Uh, yeah, Madigan. Yeah, so look, Leinster are great. Pro, 4, Pro 14 can be entertaining at times. It's just, I don't think it's as good as a premiership. Huh. And that'll be that. What other, so I've just uh, Googled Scott Fardy. He's 34. Fardy. Uh, what other sport was he a New South Wales representative for until oh, he was 16? Water polo. No. Uh, so he, he's six foot six, 112 kg. Rowing. Si- size Rose. is actually irrelevant to this Chess. sport. No. It's a sport, physical sport. Darts. Nope. Um, it's not not famously played in uh, Australia. It's famously played in United States, I think Cuba and baseball. J- Japan. Baseball. Baseball. And by the way, Scott Sy- Fardy, an international baseball uh, player. Representative for New South Wales wow. until he was 16. And by the way, uh, size does matter in baseball. Well, they're, they're, yeah, they're all on roids, aren't they? Yeah, they are some big boys in baseball. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sorry, I meant six foot six, maybe not. God, that was a fun game, assigning contract values to, uh, <laughs> to players. It's like playing football manager. Why has no one come up with a, rug, a good the, rugby manager yeah, game? There's been a couple because of Because I lose them, my job, haven't they? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. I would have done so much better in school if it hadn't been for championship manager. <laughs> exactly. Championship manager. Which one did you play? I think I was... 99-2000 is one I remember. God, hammering I played, a lot of time with. I played Champman. Two, I think. Wow. Which was like 96 season, maybe? I had one where, where you had to build your own stadium and you just had, you, you know, put a bit of the Burnabout onto Old Trafford or whatever. It's, it's absolutely superb. <laughs> oh, was that Great not, game. that wasn't, that wasn't, uh, it, it wasn't exactly the same. No, it was same sen- Sensible Soccer everyone used to love as well. Mm. Oh, yeah, Sensible Soccer. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, right. I, I remember the one where it was uh, Freddie. I, whatever the one was where Freddie Adu was a, a wonder kid that you could sign at 14 years of age. <laughs> yeah. Has he retired yet? <laughs> I don't know. Freddie Adu I'm, still playing? We, we looked this up a while ago. Freddie Adu. Who's the rugby equivalent of Freddie Adu? Like an absolute... Freddie Adu. Everyone's saying he's going to be incredible and then never materialises. Freddie Adu is 29. Conrad Yanchis. He's going to be amazing. don't know who that is. What for... South Africa, he was meant to be absolutely amazing. Never really was the world-class talent he should have been. Christian Wade. Yeah. Um, Jordan Williams. Yeah, Jordan Williams. Perfect. Uh, oh, there you go. At Rugby Podcast, let us know. Who's the Freddie Adu of rugby? Mm. Talk about this at a Freddie later Adu, date. 20, he's uh, 29 now, only 29. Uh, he is playing... Freddie Adu's only 29? He's only 29. <laughs> oh, God. He is on oh, his... Oh, my God. This, from the look of this, at least his 15th club team uh, is he in China or is he in Turkey no he's in USA so he has Kansas City uh, I'll guess the uh, the Seattle Sounders 
He's at the Las Vegas Lights. Wow. He was at the Tampa Bay Rowdies. And before that, he was at a Finnish team, Finland. Before that, he was in Serbia. Before that, he was in Brazil, Philadelphia. Uh, All signed on the strength of his football manager stats. Turkey, Macedonia, uh, God, Portugal, Monaco, Benfica. Salt Lake and then DC. Wow, what a CV! So that's that's what I would do if I was. Yeah, exactly. This CV. is the genius of James but Haskell. L- less, well, no, Freddie Adu will have been getting less and less money. So his his highest contract, I bet, was when he was fourteen. Oh, he'll, he'll be getting less and less money every. He, well, single he trained with the United for a little while. <sighs> yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. So yeah, this is the genius of James Haskell, and exactly what I would have done, which is gone and played in as many countries as you can because it makes you so much more interesting. Well, and intelligible and everything else. He made not that exact point, but the point around um, the ability to be social and have other strings to your bow other than just rugby. Yeah. He's been doing the rounds recently, Hask. He's gone. He was on. Was it like the right stuff or something? Uh, he was on like one of the. Um, like a morning I, TV thing. Yeah, one of the morning... T- I don't know the name of any morning TV show. But it's not, it's not the right stuff anymore because it's Jeremy Vine doing it, not Matthew Wright. Oh, but okay. Yeah, the Vine stuff. The Channel 5 <laughs> thing. <laughs> yeah, he's on one of those because he's selling this cookbook, isn't he? Uh, I I, th- I think he, I think he's a wonderful ambassador he's for, got for a, the game. He's got he a, he, or he's, he's at least assigned... He's either a partner or, or uh, got a stake in or... I don't, don't know if he owns it, but like a gym in Bath. Which so has kind of got a cross F- crossfitty kind of feel. F forty five, like hit, yeah, high high intensity. F forty five is the gym. It's, a, it's a, I think it's a franchise gym because I've seen them. I think, I think they do them across the world. Like in, um, I think I've seen them in New Zealand and oh, USA. Okay. So I think he's kind of put his name to a franchise in Bath. Mm. Bath. So yeah, uh, what I was going to say there is you've got a rugby player doing the rounds of TV studios setting up businesses, owning this, that, and the other. Can you imagine, like, the equivalent of, of a footballer doing that and still playing? Now, whether yeah. they wouldn't be allowed to anyway because they're a bit stricter with their media, but it, it, it is a good image to be putting out there of rugby. It is. Yeah, yeah. He, he is a, a very good ambassador. Hmm. Uh, should we do next week's games? Unless we've got any, any, any other business? Anything else? So there's a few games we didn't touch on. Yeah, well, let's let's do that injury fine. report another time. We don't need to do yeah, that. Yeah, do that another time. Basketball's fine. Leicester Scarlets we kind of touched on. Yeah. European Champions Challenge Cup even. Be better next year. Yeah, agreed. Uh, be, be better. Sale lost, didn't they? They did lose. They need five points mm. against... Faf went for the corner rather than kicking sticks. Uh, he oh, very rarely... Last player last play of the game. Very rarely makes mistakes. Oh, so Faf. It is what it is. Um, Right, so, yeah, they need five points next... Time out against whoever it is, Perpignan, and you know, they could do it. I'll be there interviewing someone. I, I, I they think. need to better Connacht's result, and they can still qualify as a runner-up anyway. Anyway, be better. Yeah, you, be better next year. Exactly. 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 Uh, right. So uh, I've got the fixtures up here, Phil. So do you want me to run through them? Okay. Do you want to tell us which pool we're going for? Uh, no, I'm going to do it um, in just time things. Time. But they're, they're all at the same time, aren't they? Every pool's at the same time, isn't it? Uh, oh yeah, it is, isn't it? Okay, so Friday night, uh, Newcastle Toulon, Ed- Edinburgh Montpellier. And doing... everyone's going to be tuned into Newcastle Toulon. Yes, obviously, because you're obviously, doing it too. obviously, that's the big game. And then uh, I'll keep you up to date at half time and full time with uh, <laughs> how the Edinburgh game's going. I'm sure, we can get it on Twitter or something. Do you know, what? I am going to say something about this week's games. 
this is, in my mind now, this is crystallising Newcastle going down. The way they lost that game. Like, it just feels like the, the belief is is ebbing away now, and that's important. But they're, they're such a good... They're, the, <coughs> they're pretty much the same team as last year. Winning's a habit, so is losing. True. And once you get into that downward spiral, it's very hard to come out of it. Mm. See, I, I think they'll have an opportunity to break it. They won't lose too many players over the uh, international period. They'll lose a couple. Mm. But they've got an opportunity in Premier Rugby Cup to use some of those games to get that winning mentality back. And then against Win- Worcester. Yeah. It's not Worcester. Worcester will take them. It's not over yet. Worcester got a very good win away at Ospreys. Yeah, Worcester will take them. Anyway. 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 So, so Edinburgh-Montpellier is going to be the big one. That is the big one. That That is one of the most important games because it's two... That and uh, Munster-Exeter because you've got the, yeah, the top both teams both going teams head to head. I wonder if anyone in Edinburgh, other than rugby fans, knows that this is going to happen. And I wonder what sort of crowd they're going to get in Murrayfield. Mm. Well, the, the the second half of that one will be it will feel terrible even if it's a great crowd because yeah. it's in Murrayfield that that new ground cannot come quick enough. It can't, can it? Like if they had like twenty thousand, it would be an absolute banging atmosphere. It'd be brilliant. Twenty thousand, you could get kind of half of the bottom tier. I know. It's so, it is a, a massive stadium. Yeah, when they get that this stadium, yeah, you're right, Tim. As soon as the stadium's sorted out, it's going to be so. I mean, they're good anyway, but with new stadium, they're going to be brilliant. Predictions, what? predictions. Uh, I think. Edinburgh are gonna Edinburgh are gonna finish top. I think they're gonna I think they're gonna sneak a win. More kind of hope than anything else, but I hope Edinburgh win. I'm gonna go with Edinburgh. No. Uh, there's there's a little uh, not because I dislike Glasgow at all, but there's something that would be quite funny about Gla- uh, Edinburgh losing and, and putting still, out Glasgow yeah, as a result. Yeah, yeah. That would it would be quite funny, but I hope the two Scottish sides qualify. I yes. hope Edinburgh win. I've got a feeling Montpellier are going to do it. They're just too massive. Yeah. The one thing... So, I th- if this was played at a neutral ground or in Montpellier, I'd think they would win comfortably. They don't always travel well. I know it's a cliche with French teams, mm. but it really is true. Uh, so, Edinburgh have got a good chance. I think they'll get something, one or two losing bonus points, but I think Montpellier will win. Mm. Cardiff-Leon and Glasgow Saracens next. Don't care about Cardiff-Leon. No, Leon are fully focused on top 14 now. Doesn't, so doesn't Leon matter. are yet to get a point. Amazing. My uh, surprise package of the uh, <laughs> tournament. Well, they surprised me. Let's put it that way. Do you think you're ever um, biased because of personal relationships? No. Oh, what are you talking about? <laughs> do, do you, why are you even asking the question? No, make, because it, make no, it as no, a statement. No, 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 no. Your, say, your, your personal relationships you completely like, cloud your judgment, no, no. which the only way you... The, 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 <laughs> the biggest example of which is your fantasy rugby draft selections any given year. That's rubbish. It's nonsense. <laughs> hey, AJ McGinty, for instance, was a top player. Oh, no, I don't, doubt, I, I don't doubt it. Absolutely a top player. You also, you hold, also drafted Will Cliff. Holding on to Will yeah, Cliff because, is like third-choice scrum half. Yeah, because I needed Will Cliff to cover Faf de Klerk. You don't need two scrum halves. No yeah, one's going to pick... You handcuff them. No one... You no, handcuff your scrum halves, you handcuff your fly halves. You don't need to handcuff scrum halves. Yeah, Johan Hansi von Rensberg, you, he's hardly played, and you've, you, you, you drafted him as well, which is not a bad draft, but again, another sale player you uh you, you draft it turns out it turns out after a slow start looks like i'm right about sale so i was right to rob, do. rob weber you want him in the england <laughs> so, of all the players who do you want in the england squad rob, 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 rob weber. weber is a great shout that is a connoisseur's you're, you're delighted ulster won because will addison plays there yeah. you love you love it when monster wins because you like mike, mike Haley. uh <laughs> well look all i'm saying about leon right is and your friend carl Feds. all all i'm saying right is 
it's no joke to get into the uh, Heineken Cup via the French system. And they True. are pretty good. They're just not very good in Europe this year. It will take some True. time. It'll take some time. But yeah, Cardiff to win that one, Saracens to beat Glasgow. But uh, yeah, La Rochelle had their first year in the competition last, last year and got to the quarterfinals. That is true. That is that's true. great. So but, it's been a very disappointing campaign. There just seems to be two ways to approach the Highland Cup, doesn't there? Like, um, the new boys, La Rochelle, who just, you know, no fear, absolutely smash everyone. Or the sort of progressive, okay, we'll go and we'll build a bit this year, we'll build a bit next year. So, so like... The, the very slow kind of Exeter model of trying to do a little bit bit, bit better every year. Well, look at where look at where La Rochelle are this year. So. Yes. Mm. Look at where Newcastle are this year. Yeah, right. True. Uh, Leicester, Ulster. Did you care about Leicester, Ulster? Uh, yeah. Yes, you do. Yes, Slightly, you do. yes. No, massively, because you've got a, you know, a win pretty much guarantees you go through. Yeah, but we won't win. Yeah, it's true. I actually think Leicester are going to win. I think that's I know. I've got this. I've got this horrible... Feeling of impending. It's doom. like a very slow. You're watching a car crash happen in slow motion. Yeah, a train yeah. De- derailed again. The Ulster fans are going. Do you know what? We can do this. And as soon as you start <laughs> believing, you're going to get smashed. But then, if if you want the incremental improvement, then going from heartbreakingly losing out. So I think here's maybe the improvement for Ulster is they lose but get enough bonus points to squeeze through. That would be the step forward, only to then get battered in By the quarterfinals or Leinster yeah. or Racing away. Mm. Yeah, delicious. Uh, it's but, kind of irrelevant. Do you want to get for for Ulster? It's like do you want to do you want to get knocked out of the competition this weekend or, or straight after the in the quarterfinals? <laughs> We're not going to win it, so why do we bother? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Racing Scarlets, Racing to beat up Scarlets badly. Oh, bad. Yeah. Munster, Exeter. Well, you know my thoughts. Uh, some of yours. Munster are going to win this. <coughs> I, just, I can't see past it. Now, so here's a question. Who would you start at fly half for Exeter? So Simmons started this for the first in a while, starting at fly half. He's been playing a bit of fullback. I hate to say this. I hate to say it. He's got to try. I have been a little, more than a little disappointed with Steenson this year. Really? Just hasn't. So he, a... he steadied the ship earlier in the season. He did. But do you remember like two years ago? Maybe it was last year. And it felt like Exeter had got all their bases right. And now they're starting to open up this game with a bit, you know, a bit more expansive stuff. And Steenson looked brilliant. It kind of feels like he hasn't been able to replicate that since. And with him in out of the team, because it, it, Simmons is the number one now. Would you agree on that? No. I, no. No, I, it's 1A and 1B. I think Simmons, I, Simmons is... Started, he's may, then, maybe the problem. Yeah, I think... Yeah, maybe yeah, a yeah. problem. Yeah, okay, I, maybe I'll go with that then. I don't think the, reflect, the selection reflects uh, either one of them being dominant first mm. choice. Mm, yeah, I think the lack of... or. I think having less game time has affected him adversely. Ustino. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd go with, I'd go with Simmons, but it's not easy for me to call it either way. I think Munster are going to win. So I I can't see past a Munster victory. I think Exeter might get a bonus point or two, but Munster are going to win this. Okay. Cast Gloucester. Don't care. Uh, irrelevant. Don't care. God, did you see... Do you see the cast red card? Yeah. Which, definite red card. So stupid. Really stupid. The ball, uh, the, the ridiculous part about it is he, he went in and even if he was doing it in good faith and it was just really clumsy and he and he incidentally hit the head of the... of the Devoto it was. Of the of Devoto. 
it was it was still a, a, a badly done ruck. But the fact that the ball was already at the very back of yeah. the Exeter ruck, Nick White about to put his hands on it, it was completely ineffectual. It, hadn't, it would have had no impact, yeah. even if he'd done it and not walloped Devoto's head. So he just head. brain dead, but which so, is what Devoto could have been after the yeah. hit. <laughs> there was one image where they were, they were going back and one image of uh, Harry Williams being tipped up onto his head, cleared out onto his head by two players. But they, they showed... I thought that's what the TMO was trying to show him first time. He didn't really land on his head. It was it looked it was, all right. By the way, is it me or is the Rook the new area of... Um, it's an absolute mess. I just think it's the new area, area of mass hysteria. Oh, yeah, that's it's going to be the next one. No, the, the high tackle one's kind of stopping a little bit. And actually, there's times I see high tackle penalties given. I'm like, it just... I have to just bite my tongue and not say anything because I get so... There was, a, there was a tackle I... Was it the game I was at? The... Leinster game I can't remember I was watching no maybe I was watching the game someone dipped into contact at waist height and guy would you, what do you know makes contact with like the head in standing up and tackling mm. and it's just ridiculous some of the penalties that are given have you heard about ridiculous. the about the French ideas for reforming the game so yeah. and actually according to a player who plays in France who will rename who will remain <laughs> nameless <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> They're already cracking down on it, which is double tackles, which I find amazing. Oh God. Double tackles. Yeah, so if, if you if you go into a double tackle in France now and you make contact with the head, you're likely going to see red. Right, so the Bernard Lepore idea is tackle around the waist. No, thank you. And the other one is no double tackles, which is an insane no, idea. No double tackles is crazy. How, how do you... Who do you decide? Oh, my God. No, Tim, if you want to run in between me oh and my JB, God. do you oh always my tackle God. to your right or to your I, left? I can't. Right, I guess... See I've what you've done. You see what... The, yeah. Oh, my God. What have you done? The, well, they're, they're what all have stupid, you done? right? They're all stupid because if anyone, if anyone had had the sense to listen to me four years ago, <laughs> four long years Let ago... Let the boys play. No, no, no. I've, I've had the solution to basically fixing rugby. So... They're coming up with all these wacky ideas about how we can, you know, make it safer. Ultimately, make it safer by keeping the ball in play for longer and, you know, making players smaller, less powerful, so on and so forth. Get rid of the knock-on. I've said it a million times. Well, no, but there's more than that. It's, it's the... As soon as you open the door of, oh, let's make the game safer, which I'm not saying is a bad thing, it's, it's, and I'm not saying it's not something you should do, but the problem is the people that are, are at the heart of causing the momentum that's making that move to let's make the game safer are never satisfied. No, they're never satisfied. They're exactly never right. satisfied and there's never a threshold you get to where you go, do you know what? Let's sit with this for a bit and see how we're done because as you say, the ruck is the next one. Yeah, because the, the ruck is next. Oh, we've got to stop the ruck. We've got to stop rucking. Because some sports scientist will team up with some journalist who both want to make a name for themselves and say, you know, this is outrageous that this is happening. Look at these stats that we've built and these graphs. And we're the experts. And don't you question us because we're experts. And the work we do is incredibly imp- incredibly important. They will never be happy. So, I mean, I, am, I think that you know, we should just say no more rule changes for five years. Um, and that's it. But then you've got to pay for studies and you've got to pretend to be reasonable and say, yeah, ask pretend, to, you know, yeah. pretend to be reasonable. Yeah, yeah. And then we'll <laughs> listen to your concerns after five years and we'll go all through all these things and we'll do an audit. Oh, but you also have to revere anyone that's made a study or is a scientist or sports oh, oh, look at your 100%. expert. What, what a, you know. And also, we can talk about that RFU uh, paper another time. Again, I just, what I, I kind of, I, I read through it Start to finish, front to back. Right, okay. And um, and there's lots I couldn't, I, I can say on it. I'll say on it in another podcast. But 
exactly what you talk about that um I would love to see the methodology because you can't help but thinking when you sort of read it that there's a sense of we knew the destination we wanted to get to. Yeah. We just needed some numbers to dem- to sort of demonstrate. So there's there's some graphs for example that are that are in that paper which you're like why have you on this part why have you used those as the as the sort of metrics and the measuring and the, and the time periods you've measured but on this one you've chosen some different bits but they but then as a result they sort of maximize but, the thing you're trying yeah. to show i mean as far as i'm concerned they all want to be what's that film where they discover that smoking's bad for you i don't know <laughs> what is it yeah there's a film right where the oh right the plot is that someone who works in the smoking industry uh, is the you know the chief grass <laughs> and he's a hero because he uncovers that smoking is bad for you that they all want to be that guy they all want to be that hero and you know they uh, even if it was 50 percent safer next year they would still be going so you're right tim it'll be go on and on yeah. and on and there and, on. and there are incidents what happen which show that there's a there's a wild west element at the ruck time and uh, i'm not sure exactly how you you solve it like scout burger for example could get a retrospective red a lot of people are are yeah. having a, a major pop at him i've watched that and i think he did the ruck in in good faith and it is this one where he tips him up, tips him on his head? Yeah. Yes, yes, but the, no, 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 no. So Scout Burger, ultimately, yeah, you're responsible because you rucked that guy. But Scout Burger didn't upend the guy, lift his legs in the air and put him on his head. The position of other people in the ruck meant that as Scout Burger pushed him, it's kind of the bodies that were already in the ruck meant that the butt, the butt half of the player went up towards the air. In the, so I just think that there's... I do think Berger was lifting from the leg and kind of rolling. I think he was trying to do the lift and he push was, to the side. He was, yeah, he was trying to. Oh, I'm not saying he was in good. It was definitely in good faith. He yeah. definitely wasn't trying to deliberately hurt him. It was pretty reckless. Yeah, it was reckless. And you know, anyway, it'll um, be interesting to see what happens. That that is a quite a good test case. Did yeah. you see? Changing just very slightly. I made the Australian national news press. <laughs> no, uh, no, no. I I saw an article where. They quoted Nigel Owens. Oh, sorry, and, uh... Nigel Owens, but it was really me. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I had a picture of Broughton Park. Oh yes, tipping a guy, tipping a, a number ten from Kirby Lonsdale on onto his head. Uh, good friend of mine, Joe, uh, Joe Noon, doing what Joe Noon does. Did he get a red? No, of course not. This was, this was back in the good old days. Right? Back in the good old days, letting the boys play. Yeah, before Brown O'Driscoll ruined rugby. Um, <laughs> joke, joke, <laughs> joke. pre two thousand five. Yeah, joke. Everyone, <laughs> calm down. Um, so I tweeted Nigel Owens saying, "You know, is this is this legal?" And uh, our exchange made it to an Australian uh, Australian newspaper. The only difference being that they they said Nigel Owens posted the picture. They say they said Nigel Owens posted the picture and had a bit of a laugh at this this upended thing that was actually you. He all he did was politely reply. Yes, exactly right. And that went. So we're going around the world again. There we go. Going global. Um, any other games? Any games. So we got the. Wasps Leinster Toulouse Bath, which I think are fair. The only question to me about Wasps Leinster is can Leinster beat their score, which they rucked up on Wasps last time? <laughs> can they beat 50, 53 or whatever it was? I, I suspect they can. Mm. Uh, Toulouse Bath? No, yeah. I, I, think Len, I think Leinster will get the four tries, clear clear daylight, and then they'll just sub everyone off and uh, relax. Relax. Not take any. Mm. Wasps for their part, I mean. It feels like a club falling falling to bits at the moment. I thought you like wasps now. I do like wasps. <laughs> I now. do like wasps, but 
you know, it doesn't it doesn't feel the messages you continue to hear at Wasps do not sound positive. They're and not, that is a shame. They're not great, are they? No. Uh right, that is all of your games. Any other business, anyone? No, I think done at uh quarter past eleven. Quarter past eleven. We're done. We can go we can go and catch the end of uh what well, I don't know what's happening in the other NFL game. No, I have no idea. And you've got a, and you've got a, a makeup ge- table, gender neutral makeup table to build. Correct, correct. <laughs> <coughs> right, so that's a good end. A cough. Um, yeah, go find I bet, us. On, I bet that um, cough was absolutely crystal clear. Exactly. Though. Go find us on our <laughs> standard social media type things. Uh, Instagram are on there. Twitter on there. Facebook on there. Got a bit of YouTube, and uh, we'll see you next week when Tim will be over and doing some European games. Uh, no, no, I'll be back here. You what? Well, you going to Newcastle? Newcastle. Oh yeah, Newcastle, no, Newcastle and Leicester. Leicester Ulster. I'm Leicester there, to Ulster. There. there to see the proud Ulsterman. And the other one? Ooh. You should come, you should come and watch that game. It's yeah. only down the road, isn't it? I've I've got to do some interviews at the AJ Bell, so oh, okay. I will be there. So three fifteen. I do my interviews in the AJ Bell. Getting getting a taxi. Get straight back to Didsbury. Play a game of rugby, and then watch the European games. And you will be stripping wallpaper, probably, Phil. Uh, most of it done this weekend, thankfully. Oh, well done to you. Got, got a lot of painting to do after that, though. Mm. So, you, so you know our plans, and hopefully we will catch you next Sunday. Let the boys Until play. then, let the boys play. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.